0: My name is Jeff Bregman and I'm going to show you how to use expression scripting to automatically replace incoming text with an adjusted version of the same text so your text objects can display properly when taken on air. I'll also be going over how to manipulate widgets with their scripts. For this example, I have a clock chip designed and I've modified it just enough to make it apply in context to a sports or esports draft situation. I have a text object called pick counter at the top of my chip that is being driven by a counter widget which is simply named pick to indicate the pick that is currently being deliberated. Below this I have another text object at the bottom of my chip called countdown that is being driven by a clock widget named clock to indicate the amount of time left on the pick. The clock widget already has its properties set to reset to five minutes and countdown to zero. My end goal here is to have a chip that says first pick, second pick, third pick, and so on at the top, and every time that widget is adjusted I want the clock to reset to five minutes and start counting down. First, I need to choose where to write this script. I'm going to choose the text object called pick counter, and use the text event because as you may recall on text will execute the script any time the text value changes. That way, whenever I adjust the associated widget, it should change the text object and in turn, execute my script. No matter if we're looking at it in layout mode, or in the preview window in sequencer mode, or if we're watching it on air, I want the script to run every time that widget changes. So let's go ahead and right-click on my text object called PickCounter and hit Edit Script Events. Now, I always start my scripts by bringing in the necessary objects and values into my script, which means I'm going to have to first create variables to house those objects. At the top, I see that I already have the XP engine object called engine. I have the XP scene object called scene, which I assume is referring to the scene that this text object is located in, and I also have the XP text object which is called self because it is referring to this text object that we're scripting on. I also have a byRef parameter called text as string which is here only as a convenience meaning I don't have to use self.text to refer to the text property of this text object. Instead, I could simply use the word text. It just saves a bit of time because the script assumes you're going to be making adjustments to the text property of this object. I also see ByRef handled as Boolean. The variable handled is a Boolean that, by default, is set to false, which tells the software to run the script every single time the text object's text property changes. In this script, if you were to set the variable handled to true, it would instruct the software's event handlers to ignore the script the next time the text value changes, so the result would be that the script would run only once. Being that we want the script to run every time the widget changes the text value, we're going to leave this option alone. So let's begin typing. To start, I need to bring in the objects that are relevant to my end goal. Since I want the text value of my text object to reflect the value in my counter widget, well I already have the text value, which is just called text. I just need the counter widget. So I'm going to create a variable for my counter widget, so I'll type in the dim statement and I'm gonna call it pick widget. Now I'm gonna go back to the SDK file which I have open and I'm going to check the syntax for my counter widget object. I found an object called xp counter widget. That's definitely it. So my line should read dim pick widget as xp counter widget. It's important to note that all my variable names must begin with the letter and not have any spaces. Okay, so there's my variable. Now let's retrieve the widget and assign it to the variable. So where am I gonna find this method to get this widget? Well, widgets aren't specific to our scenes so I would think that the XP Engine would have the method for retrieving them rather than the XP Scene object. So I'm gonna go back to my SDK and find the XP Engine methods. Okay, this one looks promising. It's called getWidgetByName. It has two parameters, the first one being name as string, which I'm going to guess is the name of my widget as it is displayed in my list of widgets. The name of this widget is just pick and it needs to be delivered as a string, so this argument is going to have to say quote, pick, end quote. The second parameter is calling for a byRef argument called widget as xp base widget. By ref is hinting that this is where my variable goes, and widget as xp base widget is telling me that the variable needs to be declared as some sort of widget object data type, which I happen to have. So let's go back to my script and type this in. I'll call the engine object by typing engine, type a period to separate it from its method, and type in the name of my method which is getWidgetByName. And then open up a pair of parentheses to carry my arguments. Type in the first name is string argument, which is the name of my widget pick in close in quotes because it is a string. Type a comma to separate my arguments. And then type in my variable which is pick widget. Okay. Now I have my widget I can now make calls to my XP counter widget methods and properties. Now that I have that, I'm going to use it to change the value of my text property of my text object. Remember, we have it available simply as the word text, so I'll begin by typing in text and then the equal sign, indicating that I want to give my text property a new value. Okay, now I want this text value to begin with the number that is shown on my pick widget so if I look at my XP counter widget's properties, I see there's a property called value, which looks like it's the one I'm looking for. So I'll go back to my script, make a call to my widget by typing in the variable name pickwidget, and then follow it with the period to separate it from its property, and then I could start typing in value and let it auto-complete. Great. If this script is finished, The text value would always simply show the number tied to the widget, but that's not what I want. I wanted to say first pick, second pick, and so on. Well now it's time for some trickery. I know that most numbers will have to end with a th, so I'm going to concatenate a th to the end of the widget's value, and later on I'll create exceptions for the numbers that end with st, nd, and rd. So what does concatenate mean? Concatenating means joining two values together end to end to create a new value. To do this, you use the ampersand symbol between the two values I want to join together. In other words, if I were to add 1 and 2 together using a plus sign, I would get 3. But if I were to concatenate them using an ampersand, well I would get 12, or 12. So, we have our first value being represented by the widget's value property. Let's concatenate it with th by using the ampersand here, and then making sure to enclose the th in quotes to inform the software that this isn't some undeclared variable, it's a string value. But before I close off the quotes, I'm going to add the word pick here because I want my graphic to show it. Awesome. Well, that should work for all numbers that would end with th. So now we need to create the exceptions. For that, I'm going to use the replace function, which is a function that is native to Visual Basic itself, so I won't find any information about it in the SDK file. Functions like these can be found on Microsoft's website in its Visual Basic documentation. It would be wise for anyone scripting an expression to take a look at what's available there to learn more about what you can do with Visual Basic. I happen to have the page open here so we can look at how it works. Based on the description of this function, this function will search a string value for a substring within it and if it finds an instance of that substring, it will replace it with a new substring. That's great, because I can then search my string for any instances of a substring that would say 1th, and then replace it with the substring 1st. I see on this page there are six different parameters here, and three of them are optional. So I'm only going to focus on the three parameters which are not optional, so I'm looking at these first three. All three of these parameters are using the string data type, so I'm going to have to use quotation marks to hold each of these arguments. The first parameter specifies the expression, which, as it describes here, is the string that I want to search within. So in my script, I will represent that with my entire text property. So in my script, I'll type in the word replace to initiate this function. Then i'll open up my parentheses to carry my arguments and now i'll type in text to indicate that i want my entire text value to be searched okay back on the website the next argument is my substring to be searched for well i need to find any instance of one th so i'll use that as my argument and close in quotes because it's a string And back on the website, my last argument here is my replacement substring. So I'll go back here and type 1st in quotes, indicating that I want to replace my 1th with 1st. Those are my three required arguments so I can safely close my parentheses. Now let's just repeat the process for 2th, replacing it with 2nd. and again for 3TH, replacing it with 3RD. Great. That should cover all the numbers. Except 11, 12, and 13. Those numbers all use the TH at the end, unlike with the numbers 21, 22, and 23, for example. So we need to do the same procedure again, but this time looking for any case of 1,1st, 1,2nd, and 1,3rd, and turning those back to th again. So let's do that now. That covers every number, but there's still another thing left to do. I want the clock widget to reset back to five minutes and start the countdown every time the pick changes. I can do that here as well. For that, I'm going to need the clock widget. So let's dim out a variable. I'll call mine clock widget. And let's check the SDK file for the proper syntax. Here it is, XP Clock Timer Widget. So I'll finish this line with as XP Clock Timer Widget, and now we need to retrieve it. I'm going to use the same method as I used to get my counter widget, which is the XP Engine method get Widget by Name. So if you recall, that one used the name of the widget as a string, and then the reference variable, which is now Clock Widget. So let's call the engine, bring up widget by name method. open up the parentheses for my arguments. First argument clock quote end quote. And then my variable argument is clock widget. Okay. so now that I have my clock widget assigned to a variable, let's see how we can reset this thing and then start the timer. Going back to my SDK, let's expand my XP clock timer widgets methods. There we go. We have reset and we have start. Neither of these methods have a single parameter and therefore don't require any arguments. Well, that's easy enough. Let's hop back over to my script, make a call for my clock widget variable, use a period to pull up the methods. We'll call the reset method and there are no required arguments here so we don't even need to type in the parentheses. Let's just do the next line with start. Well that covers everything I want the script to do. So all that's left is to compile it and then test it out. Looks like it compiled successfully so we can just test it out here in layout. Looks perfect. Let's test it online. Great. We now have a widget-driven chip that shows me the pick and automatically resets and starts the draft call.